Hello, Cough Combine listeners, and welcome back to episode nine. Uh, changing it up again today, I've decided to kick Tony out of the chair and bring in the young man called Paul Conti. Paul, how are you going? Very good. Very honoured to be be off the bench. I've been warming that up for a couple of weeks and um, listening to the great man speak himself. Uh, now I'm here. Now now where the real rubber hits the road. Yeah, now I wanted to be known. We did ask Paul if he wanted to go through a bit of a trial, but he, he reckons he's a bit of a one-hit wonder. So we'll get him in and we'll see how he goes. Paul, the reason I do have you is we're talking young money. We're talking young money today. Um... None of this baby boomer stuff. Well, I guess we'll touch on baby boomers, but um, the reason I've got you is for that reason. But young money, where's it coming from and where's it going? Um, Good question. I don't know the answer to all of the above, uh, but I think if I sort of think of the wider scheme of things and to dispel a lot of the, uh, the bad news that you do hear across the world, I certainly believe that every millennial or every young gun has the op- has more opportunity now than ever to to be wealthy and successful in their journey um global poverty rates are, are the lowest have ever been um wealth rates are the highest have ever been opportunity for for anyone globally is there um so where's it coming from uh if you don't if you haven't watched youtube in the last 15, 20 years that it's been around, you, you wouldn't have noticed that there are at least a few dozen people that make quite a handsome figure off that. Um, but there's also like just a, a subculture of, of online people that make money from here, then, every, here there and everywhere. Um, Instagram influencers. Instagram influencers. And I've, no, I've also noticed that there's this big emphasis on, on side hustles and, and second incomes. What well, you- that, that that's I guess not even not even that just people doing those ones. So uh, that, that's what's going to actually sort of lead me into the gig economy. Um, yeah. we've sort of changed into I haven't got the exact figures, but I guess people my age aren't just selling for that one job anymore. They're they're moving on. They're doing it per contract. It's 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 including those side hustles. They might have a job, but they're they're, they're willing to do something else. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think Mary picked up on it really well in her podcast, which was you've got your normal nine to fivers that are may be coasting through their job but outside of the office they're they're a fantastic gamer that they have a tribe of followers online that like to watch them play world of warcraft or 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 counter-strike or what's that other game fortnite fortnite (laughs) even i might maybe 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 i need someone younger (laughs) maybe i'll get willard in the chair but (laughs) Uh, that it is it is something that's surprising and it, actually Willard did they we had a um uh, a seminar or, or go to meeting online the other day uh, today sorry um, and then it was by Leg Mason they they put out some statistics this is where I want to just go in and sort of have you talk about the way millennials are investing um, and the confidence that they have investing and this is this is the part that I found very interesting is the confidence actually. If I was talking to Tony, I don't. Rec- I think he'd say that we have plenty of confidence, but the confidence in investing and millennials. Can you start to touch on a few of these? Explain. Go into a bit more detail. Okay, what well, do you want to know? Okay. So, with those stats, it's saying that millennials, um, op- the optimism about investment opportunities currently, sixty-six um, percent of millennials say that they're optimistic about their their future investments. And why do you think that is, Jamie? Let me put it back on you. Uh, I think I think when I when I'm looking at it, I, I think it's the different avenues that we have now. We've sort of turned from um, we have we, we, there's sort of different 
areas to invest, there's new technologies. Um, you know, I, I even look at an account the other day that I set up and I just pulled out $2,000 $2, out of that account of savings. Um, it's called Raise. It used to be called Acorns. Yep. Um, and what this does is it's, it's sort of like the old money jar. So can I ask you another question? How did you find out about it? Uh, maybe you. How did I find out about it? I'm not. I'm, not, I'm actually online. I'm guessing. <laughs> was it was it the Google machine that told you, uh, gave you information on, on how you could get into Rays or Acorns at the time? Yeah. I, look, I actually did think I found it through through work. But in saying that, uh, definitely not an investment we put people into. But um, yeah, it could be, have been an online source. But it's amazing those little things. But I also think with millennials, we haven't seen the GFC hit us. Uh, and that that is a big thing. We we haven't felt those hard times in a sense. So we're willing to take those risks. Um, we've seen good return, like especially in the last few years. If you've been investing and and you've sort of just come into that workforce and you've decided to jump in your first few investments, you've seen pretty decent returns. Beside maybe one year um, last year, but other than that, you've seen good returns. So I think that's where maybe the confidence comes from. Is it also because maybe, and, and I'm sorry I've turned from the interviewer yeah. to the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, you're the host, are you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Paul Conti. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. So if if it is a matter of you're finding these certain niches that you're, you're confident to go into and you don't know how you come about them, which they probably come via a social means... Um, so you've probably heard about it on social media. Someone Googled it once before. And it sort of points to that point where information is readily accessible. And we're constantly bombarded with just a whole heap of information that says, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I think probably to comment on what your experience is with Ray's is that you've heard it's a good idea. It makes sense. It's fairly cheap to get into why the hell wouldn't it work for you? Um, I think there's also another element to that as well is that the cost of investing is perceptionally high. There's this weird element that we have to spend a ton of money to get into an investment, but you've hit the nail on the head where Raise effectively allows you to get into an investment structure bloody cheaply, yeah, ridiculously cheaply. Um, and, and there are reasons for that, which we're not going to go into no. on this because um, it's, it's, that's just getting boring. Um, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll take myself back to when the GFC did hit and I'd been about 18 months, two years into my first job uh, as an insolvency accountant um, and I didn't feel the GFC at all. I was still getting paid my um, uh, new, new, new accounting salary and whatnot. Um, business was going gangbusters at the time, so it didn't really affect me. Um, and, and I know Tony said it in a podcast before, where, where investment funds, superannuation funds lost up to 50%, 50, 50% of, of, of nothing, you didn't, you didn't lose much from that. So it didn't really affect me. So you're right. Um, but where does that fear come from? How do we have an educated discussion on, on how to position yourself and how to make sure that you're not going to do, do, do your shirt in um, by being overly confident. Yeah, so another thing on that, I guess, is that why Australians have turned to fixed investments like property? Um, is this why we have this obsession with getting, um, getting our first home, getting our second home, getting our third home? Um, you know. Is, is property the important investment that we all need? You're going down the rabbit hole. 
You're going down the rabbit hole. Um, it's you've got to remember that, like, and, and and we're going to go into back in my day kind of speak, but it's got nothing to do with me. But our folks would have gotten into property at a much cheaper rate yeah. um, than what it is now compared to what our incomes are. Um, so the biggest hurdle these days is saving for for that deposit for that first one, right? Um, is there a need for it? I mean, I'm a finance guy. I don't think there is an immediate need to get into property because there are equivalent investments that you can see and touch and feel and smell um, to, to, to get a return out of. Um, do I think it's an important investment? Yeah, bloody oath. You want to you be able to, to house someone and, and get a return from that and get a yield from that. Um, I think it is a, an important part of, of anyone's investment pro- portfolio, but I don't think it's the be all and end all. And I don't think it's important for, for young Jamie to have to go out and buy 15 investment properties in, in three months just because some online chap told him he could. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I, I agree with it. Uh, and I support it, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't get into it. Yeah, so it's a question that comes across a lot in my circle of friends and, and everyone's sort of aiming to get to that first property. But if a millennial does want to get a property, how do they get involved? What's the oh, steps they're taking? Stop eating smashed avocados. <laughs> stop doing it. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a, a client or, or rather a, a friend who, who has come to me for, for a little bit of advice and and her statement from the very start was, Paul, I don't want a property. I don't want a property now because I can't afford it, but I know that I need to invest. How do I do it? How do I make sure that I can make good long-term returns? Yeah. Um, so what we've put in place is something very similar to a, a property loan. You borrow against a, a a small portfolio, you borrow at your 70 to 30 to 50% um, and you get underway. Uh, you manage payment amounts that you're able to, to do it on a monthly basis over a set period of time and you grow your portfolio. Low and slow, well slow and steady wins the race as they say. Um, it was important for, for this young lady to, to grow her side hustle uh, through investments. So I'm, I'm helping her do that. Yeah. Um, there will be a time in the next five years, we guesstimate that she should be able to afford a property. And we do have strategies built in relation to that. But you can't, like this notion that we have to get into it here now, here and now is just absurd. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta be honest, you gotta be true to yourself and you gotta save your, your cash. You gotta be spending less than what you earn. Um, and I think when, when you're talking about those investments and getting into them, I think another thing that they they do allow you to do is just that mentality change of it's for savings, really. Yeah. You have to yeah. essentially you're paying that let's call it a bill. Even. Yeah. You're paying that fixed amount per month, and it has to be paid. Mm. So it sort of gets gets that mind changing where okay, I've got to pay that. I pay that on time. It's forced me to save. Where I think when we're just getting our paycheck, we can't afford the property. We don't have those fixed costs. We may be paying rent and bills and things like that, but we, we can decide, okay, well, oh, I've got a bit of extra cash, you know, I'll go on that holiday. Um, and from my side, like, uh, I definitely think millennials do have a very different 
uh, lifestyle to what they did have as a baby boomer. Like the options that we have in regards to food, cafes, bars, um, just the price of things obviously has gone up substantially. But, you know, we, we do live a different di- different lifestyle in that regards. Yeah, so, that's, true. that's um, true. We do have to start looking at different ways to invest, um, smaller ways to invest to start, but just getting just getting into the game really. And, and, and look, I, I think having these gig economies or having having second jobs and third jobs or, or, or other elements can really sort of confuse how you would want to structure your financial lifestyle as well. So a, a big part of the work I've been doing lately is, is not so much to have a look at the investment side, but to say, hey, how do we control the, the multiple elements of your financial life and maximize that for the long-term history, for, for long-term history, for the long-term future, what I, what I should have said. Yeah. Because um, it's confusing. Like as much information as Google can tell you as much as you want to hear from it, how do you digest that? Yeah. If if you're if you're a carpenter and you can smack a house together really quick, how how much information do you need to digest before you can be able to structure your financial life effectively? A good and do a, you and do you want to? I as guess well. a, a good analogy I've heard before is, Jamie, how many times have you had your hair cut? Yeah. Out of all those times, why? How do you not know now how to cut your own hair? Yeah. True. True. Same thing. Do what you do, do it well, and get advice. And 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 I think that's what a lot of the millennials and that's what this gig economy is looking for. Maybe someone that doesn't really need to tell them about investments, but, geez, my financial financial life is complicated, Paul. How do I simplify it because I want to achieve X or Y? Yeah. Um, so I think that's where my advice is going over the future, um, but also how we're able to support uh, these millennials who who are going to have look as 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 much as I said that the opportunity is there. There is no less; it's not less complicated than it was back in back in their day. <laughs> I will name their day uh, nameless to to those listening. Um, but yeah, it's. I think advice is, is warranted, is very much so warranted these days. And look, and, and millennials are reaching out for advice. There's statistics to show that they are actually reaching out and they, they do want to know. So they, they do want to feel empowered. Um, they, they want that advice and they, they want that sort of ongoing coaching, I guess. Yeah. Coaching's a, to coaching is a word that's thrown around a lot yeah. in our industry now. Yeah. Um, it's still advice, but uh, you know, everyone wants to feel empowered and, and making their own choices in that regard. So great word, I guess, but yeah, we can go anywhere from there. But um, Paul, thank you very much for um, stepping in today. No uh, I thought thought you, you were a one hit just straight away. You, got, you, got, you did it well. Ah, <laughs> oh, look, I think I could have been a I think it could have uh, warranted a, a warm up session. No, yeah. I'm only joking. <laughs> it has to be one take. I'm I'm sure you'll be definitely back in the seat. So. Uh, Guys, we do have our conversation series coming up on the 21st. I'm really um, looking forward to that one. Yeah, with Mary. So we have sent out invites. We have put it on our social media platforms. Um, definitely come along to it. So it's a free event, but she, as, as you know by the podcast, she's fantastic to listen to. Um, and getting her in a session uh, in front of a crowd, uh, she's just awesome. So make sure you register at that event. But Paul, again, thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Ciao.